This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. A good Saturday afternoon and it is a cold Saturday. Boy, has the weather turned. I tell you, the, the leaves... The leaves are starting to show it. They're starting to come down a little bit and changing that color and really starting to show that uh, I think autumn's kind of kind of arrived. I think fall is getting here. Um, I suspect it'll probably get a little warm again, but probably not the 90s and, and what we've been having in so much heat. So, you know, it's time to do those things outside. It's time to, you know, get ready for winter. It's time to get the grass in, in the yard and, and the things prepared for, for what's to come. And uh, if you have anything like that going on around your house, if you have any any projects, any jobs, any questions, just maybe some weird stuff, that is why I am here for you today to talk about your issues, your topics, the things you have going around this is uh, Right at Home with Rich, and I am your host, Rich Oris, and I'll be here for the next hour to take your calls and to figure out, help you figure out, you know, what's going on, what's the best way to do that, what's the best product to use, you know, for those uh, types of jobs maybe you're doing, maybe you got some DIY stuff going on, you just want to make sure you're headed in the right direction, well, I can help you out with that today, you can give me a call and uh Ask any questions you have around your house, inside, outside, roofing, siding, windows, all through remodeling. We do it all here at Mosby Building Arts, and uh, you can feel free to uh, give me a call today, and I'll help you out. 314-241-9797. Be here for the, uh, the next hour, and hopefully talking about your topics and, and helping you out. And, you know, some of the things I have for you today— um, We've got a, a ton of stuff going on around Mosby Building Arts, and I uh, have a, a couple topics here today, um, some outdoor lighting perhaps, um, load-bearing walls is definitely a, uh, a big one for us for, uh, you know, it's one of our biggest internet searches into our website and our blogs is, you know, load-bearing walls, how do I identify, how do I know, how do I take them out, what do I do, you know, when, when I run into that and everybody's looking for, you know, open up, getting that open concept going, and uh, they're, they're looking at taking these, you know, walls out and trying to figure out if they're load-bearing or not, how easy or hard might that be, so we can kind of discuss that today also, and uh, if you have any questions on that, Go ahead and call in and, and you know, ask your uh, direct questions on, on that topic or any other. 314-241-9797. And uh, so I want to kind of hit on the, we got a lot going on, you know, at Mosby right now. Um, we've got a lot of things coming up and, you know, a, a lot of fun stuff and, 
and some serious stuff. But um, the the main one I would uh, warn you is coming up really soon in a couple weeks here. Our last seminar of the year on October 27th, we'll be having a uh, seminar about lower levels. And uh, it'll be at the Lodge de Pair, and it'll start at 1030 on October 27th. Doors will open just right before about 1015. You can register to attend that seminar at uh, our email for that at events at mosby.com or just give our office a call, 314-909-1800, and we'll get you registered and on the list to attend that. It'll it'll be fun. It'll have some great information on, you know, what you can and can't do in lower levels and, and how you can make that work and, and function for, for yourself and, and your home. Um, another thing today we have going on right now today is one of our Rebuilding Together days where we, you know, help out some uh, unfortunate people that, you know, just really need help around the house and just can't afford it. And Rebuilding Together is, you know, just a great, uh, great bunch of people, a wonderful organization to just help people around St. Louis, you know, just get the things done around their house that maybe they just can't. Um, can't, you know, maybe they used to physically do it themselves and now they, they just can't anymore due to age or just don't have the, uh, the funds to get everything that they need in their aging home taken care of. So we are out there today, started this morning and, uh, have a great day going on, you know, helping out and getting someone's house, you know, put back together with some landscaping and some painting and door replacements and, you know, just things like that to help. And it's great that it, you know, it gets us all together and really gets us, you know, into a great place with each other around Mosby Building Arts. We got a lot of employees and a lot of people to kind of commingle and meet. And we have all those trades too, you know, for these uh, type of rebuilding together, you know, events where we have electrician, we have plumbing. We have masons, um, we have painters and drywall and taping. And, you know, we, we perform all that work, you know, self-perform all that stuff in-house. So we have all those trades to come together, manage the project and really get it done. So we're just, it's a wonderful thing that we can do to, uh, help people out and, you know, get those type of events, uh, taken care of and helped out around there. So, um, Speaking of the phones and giving us a call, if you have any questions, feel free to uh, give me a shout, 314-241-9797. And I'm going to jump on the line here to uh, Jill and see what uh, Jill has going on for us. Are you with us, Jill? Yeah, hi. Hey, thanks for getting us started. What's going on? Well, I've got, uh, I bought a flip and the kitchen actually goes out. It's like a bay window almost. They, I guess, made the whole extension of the kitchen hang out over the house. Okay. And there's a deck about two feet high up that goes up against this overhang. So they proceeded to take the siding and go around the corner of it. So it's about a three-foot overhang where the siding is. And I've got critters crawling underneath there, getting into the cold space where, you know, all the plumbing runs out to the overhang. So I just don't know who to call to come and pull back, you know, the onion on that one mm-hmm. and see what's under there. Because the siding person, you know, they don't always do underneath kind of construction stuff. So that's where I just need some help. Yeah, no, actually, that's a, that's a great question. And, 
it, it is something that we take care of around here at Mosby Building Arts, kind of understanding the house scientifically. Um, the mm-hmm. biggest thing you really got to look at in a scenario like that is how that's insulated in there when you cover that up. Yes, there's a problem. I've had heat guns come out, and you can see it's not insulated right. So Yes, absolutely, yeah. and I see that all the time. And you, there's a real particular way how you insulate something like that. So we, we kind of understand from the framing through the insulation, through the siding, you know, the material on the outside and everything, how to wrap and flash and block the air infiltration and how to insulate it well. The thing you got to watch for, and what I've even seen people do is, you know, everybody's loves this, uh, foam insulation. You spray this foam insulation in and it's a great value. It gets great R values and it also blocks air infiltration. So most really educated people on the house are going to offer that foam. But what you really have to watch is if you, if all they do is fill that cavity with that foam, and if they surround the plumbing pipes with that foam, oh, yeah. right. it can actually have a reverse effect where it will Ooh. freeze more and even harder if anything cold gets to it because it's not it's no longer open to the warm side of the area. So right. it's, imagine like a refrigerator. It's, oh, it yeah. would be like surrounding. It's exactly how they insulate a refrigerator with this foam. And then the door mm-hmm. shuts. It's airtight. So when the cold's in there, the cold stays. And, and those plumbing pipes are the same way. And I've actually seen people do that. They take the overhang apart. They put all this foam insulation in there. And then all of a sudden they go, you know, it was always cold over here, but my pipes never froze. And then... The first winter crazy. after doing this, now they're freezing. Why is it doing that? And so there's a real particular way to get that taken care of. Um, so, and that's definitely something that we could take care of for you uh, here at Mosby. Okay. So I would say give us a call um, and we can uh, check that out for you. The phone line's 314-909-1800. All right. Thank you. All right. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for the call and thanks for getting us started. Okay, thanks. We're going to hit a break and we'll be back in a minute. All right. Here we go. Back again. We got three-fourths of the show left, so we have plenty of time to take your uh, questions, take your calls, and, uh, you know, get get you helped out. Give me a shout. 314-241-9797. Um, and, you know, speaking real quick of, of the, the last uh, caller, Jill, with that overhang and everything and the insulation and, you know, the, the ways that that's all, you know, has to be handled just, just properly. And, you know, for me, one thing, the advantage is getting to see so many situations and getting to, you know, go to school and kind of learn the scientific stuff, but then also, you know, getting to see it applied out in the field and see it wrong and see it right and see how it works. You know, it's kind of that learn from your mistakes type of thing. You know, I get to learn from some of my mistakes, but also a lot of other people's mistakes, you know, getting to see these things when, you know, it's, we've tried this, we've fixed it, they've done this and and it's just still not working or it's worse. Or so, you know, you get a lot of experience in, you know, how to make these things work and what makes it, you know, last the longest and work the best. And, you know, there's only certain things you can do and how some of these houses are, are built and done. And, you know, so sometimes it's really when we're out there, it's explaining 
that we can do it the best way. We can make it better than, than anybody or any type, but it's still under a certain circumstance. If you still, if you're on a 10 inch floor joist and you still only get, you know, an R value underneath that plumbing pipe of, you know, say like a R 20 ish or something like that because of the depth of the joist and where the pipe is and how you got to block it off and everything. Well, when temperature differences separate so much, those insulation R values are only going to hold back, you know, so much temperature difference. So it can even, even done the best way. Sometimes it can still have this, you know, cold enough time where there could be issues and we may have things we recommend, you know, doing when it gets to certain temperatures or when it starts getting so cold, you know, and, and even though it's done the best way possible. And, you know, the thing I didn't really touch on with, with, with that call was, and when we're out there looking at it, going to take a real close look at this deck and how it's supported and attached to the house. Cause you know, good, good deck builders know and understand and have learned and through, you know, getting it right and permitting and, and how things have changed over the years, you know, you can't really support a deck off of a, a cantilevered overhang like that. And it would need its own supports outside of that. It can attach to it, but it still needs its own support. So it's literally not, the weight's not pulling down on that house. So that's an important thing you know, to kind of think about and, you know, we look at all that stuff while we're out there and then that way we can start advising on, you know, a lot of times what I'm talking about really isn't even a hundred percent of everything that you thought you were going to hear, or, you know, it's kind of, this is what I foresee in the future. And, and under these circumstances, this is what might happen down the road. If you do certain things to your home, or if you, you know, if you finish your basement, you might start to see this or that. And, you know, it's kind of really just, just what I'm trying to do here is advise, you know, the best way possible of doing things and, and getting things done. And it's what we do, you know, every day at Mosby Building Arts. So, you know, for some of the newer people out there, maybe uh, there's a few new people joining us or, you know, or whatever that don't understand. So I'm a, a senior home consultant for a uh, full design build remodeling company called Mosby Building Arts. It's what I do all week long. It's, you know, what I've done for for years now. I started out as a project manager, kind of running and building jobs. And, you know, once I started really going and moving with them and working a lot with them, you know, we started some education, started going to some seminars and just learning some stuff. And, went through a bunch of different training on, you know, how the house works and functions and, you know, how to, how to flash it right and protect it right. Um, and even with a lot of the manufacturers with certainty, um, siding and roofing and with all these different types of manufacturers, you know, getting qualified with them on how to install the products, how to do things the best way, you know, actually, gosh, imagine, you know, actually using the manufacturer's recommendations on how to install their product. I see so much, you know, not installed the way that it even says. I've even looked at houses where, 
they, they used the right products and they had the right flashing tape and, and the directions are actually on the box, but it's not put on the house the way the box says. And, you know, it's kind of amazing, but when you think about, you know, people try, you got to go fast, you can't slow down, you got to get it done, you got to save cost, we can't spend too much money getting this done, extra labor, anything. So they are looking for quick, cheap, fast, get through, and, you know, here at Mosby, it's just a different scenario than that. It's really about getting it right, getting the right information out there. And really, you know, just uh, making it the best possible service, getting it done on time and, and quality and built right that, that actually, I, I believe, could possibly exist. But so that's kind of what we're after. And that's why I do this on Saturdays. It's why, you know, I just, it's like an extension of what I do all week long in, in trying to just help out, you know, everyone I meet, all of my clients and just do the best proper thing. Even if it doesn't mean I'm doing anything, but it means I'm just going to give out really good information to help someone make an educated decision on how, what, where, when, why, or who, you know, does what. And that's really the goal of all of this. So if you need any help with anything this afternoon, you have any, you know, questions about the house, feel free to give me a call 314-241-9797. And I'll definitely do what I can to help you out. And if, uh, even if I don't know the answer, that's the, that's the greatest thing about, you know, being here at Mosby Building Arts is we have our, uh, the deepest bench. I call it our deep bench where we have everyone on staff that's employees of this company that we've got, probably around a hundred or a little over a hundred people with just years and years and years of experience that you couldn't imagine, you know, so if there's something that, that even I don't know offhand, if I need to find out there's somebody in this company that could help me get that answer. And that's why we work as a team as we do everything and, and look into stuff. And we have the licensed architects and the designers and everyone through all the way through the construction down to the labor to get the right thing answered and perform for you. At the midpoint here, getting through this hour, it always goes so quick for me that, uh, you know, never never enough time to uh, get everything out I'd like to and, um, you know, get through everybody. But, um, you know, if it's if you're, if you're there and it's the end of the show and we don't get to you, please call back, you know, the, the following week. We'd love to answer your questions. And, you know, usually if I have some topics I want to talk about and I don't get to it, then I'll, uh, you know, bring it up the, the week after or the week after that. I'll, I'll hang on to them till I get through them. So if you stay tuned, even, you know, eventually I'll, I'll get to everyone and I'll, and I'll get to everything that I want to kind of talk about because I'd love to touch on this load-bearing wall thing today for sure. But we got a couple calls here, so I'm going to jump right in with uh, Glenda has a question about if it sounds like your deck's built the way I was talking about. What do you got going on, Glenda? Yes, I have a deck that's uh, built onto a cantilever. Okay. And is there any type of uh, support post or anything underneath that deck going down to the ground back near that cantilever? No. Okay. 
So, yeah, so if it's truly, you know, just bolted to a cantilever and the weight of the back half of that deck is, you know, supported off of that cantilever, then you definitely probably want to get some support posts with some piers, you know, back against that house to kind of relieve that weight, that extra weight off the cantilevered portion of, of the home. Um, or, or sometimes there's ways you can frame it, you know, around a cantilever if the deck is wider than the cantilever on both sides. But that's the easiest way is to get some posts and some piers underneath those, those areas and just kind of take that weight off. Okay, what's it do to the house if it isn't supported like that? Because it's been that way for a few years. Well, so what it'll do is the the weight of that deck that's bolted to the house is is you know gravity. It's like pulling down towards the ground. It wants to it wants to go down towards the ground, and so what it does is it just kind of pulls on that house. And without the foundation right there at the edge of the house, it can actually kind of start to just you know, push down on the floor joists and kind of maybe make that cantilever start leaning downhill. It can, you know, I've seen it on where there's hardwood floors where the boards, you know, one row of board will kind of start to separate as the floor joists kind of start to sink down, you know, on that where it's cantilevered. Um, so it can definitely cause some drywall cracks around doors, windows, and kind of pull the actual house down towards the ground it it almost looked like you know same symptoms of you know like foundation settling okay you know is, is what you'll see and um, usually it takes some years before you you know you see a whole whole lot of it um, but eventually you'll start to see that stuff you know taking place and um, you know someone will be out there kind of jacking that cantilever back up and and putting some piers and, and some posts and stuff underneath it to support it so that it, you know, stops that. Okay. Thank you very much. All righty. No problem. You're welcome. And it's a, you know, to let everybody know too, it's a very too common of a thing that people did this and, and, you know, in the past and a lot of decks get built, you know, weekend warriors, homeowners, just people real quick over the weekend um, and, and they don't pull permits. So no one's really saying, Hey, you got to build that right. Or you got to, you know, get that correct. Um, and it seems fine and it works for some number of years. And then you start having issues sometime down the road, you know, and that's what that permitting process is all about for someone to be able to say, Hey, this is how that really, and it is a bare minimum. You know, when you do that, you know, all of those recommendations are still kind of a building bare minimum because they're trying not to over-design or over-build, but it's still, you know, good things to do and, and how to get things, you know, built properly. So pulling permits is definitely a good thing to do and making sure that you, you know, get it right. So we're going to jump to uh, Rick here. Uh, Rick, are you with us? I am. Hey, what do you got going on for me? I've got a walk-in shower with a light in the shower uh-huh and there's the switch is too close to the entry into the shower so i'm sure that's not to code what can i do as a homeowner to remedy that new light new switch um well so probably i mean not necessarily new light as long as the light that's in there is is actually meant for a shower it has like a you know solid you know kind of waterproof cover on it so like there's can lights that are meant to be in a shower you know, ceiling that would be fine. So it doesn't, 
you won't need a new light unless you've got one in there that's not, you know, meant to be in a wet location. Um, but you, in order to move that switch, you probably will need a new wire that runs from the light, you know, actually to the switch. So I need to relocate to, the switch. There's no to get it further away. Yeah, no I, waterproof switch to to swap it out. You know, honestly, not that I know of. Um, I think they're pretty much, you know, just has to be a certain distance away. Um, not positive exactly what that distance would be. Um, but yeah, I think relocation of that switch is really all, all you're going to be able to do to it. All right. You know, that's what I wanted to hear, but thank you. And maybe there's some listeners out there, some electricians that, um, have seen this and, and maybe there is a switch out there that might, you know, with a cover that's kind of waterproof that might you know, work for that. I just haven't seen it or, or used it. So if there is anybody out there that's seen that or knows that, you know, it'd be a, it'd be a good thing to know. Give us a shout and let us know. So appreciate the call, Rick. Thank you. All right. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah. And that's a, you know, it's, that's kind of back into that permitting thing where, you know, someone kind of comes in a bathroom and they say, ah, oh, you know, we're just going to make the shower a little bigger. I mean, if we replaced it size for size, we really wouldn't need a permit, but you know, let's just make it a little bigger. It's not a big deal. We'll just shift some things around. But then what happens is all of a sudden your shower is too close to your switch and you don't realize that, you know, you find out later that, oh, wow. Yeah, there was some some stuff to do and, and you know, other things that we should have done to taking care of that. So if you have anything like that going on or, you know, any questions about stuff going on around the house. Um, we got plenty of time left here in the show. Give me a call, 314-241-9797. Um, and, and, you know, so I'll, I'll kind of get into this load-bearing wall thing because it's something that comes up a lot with us. Um, it is actually when, when people search in our website and when they search, like, for our, our blog, blog topics – that is the main thing that's, that's searched for more than anything is, you know, load bearing walls. What do I do with them? How do I identify them? You know, that sort of thing. That that's what we uh, see more than anything of people, you know, searching and looking for it. And, you know, they're just, you, you got to know, number one, that you can't just tear out a wall. You know, some people just think, nope, it's, you know, let's just get it. Let's just tear it out. It doesn't really matter. Or, you know, it's just there. And, um, there's definitely a lot of things to look for and figure out in, you know, before you remove any kind of wall. And of course, everybody is after that open concept, open floor concept is how everything's being built today. And of course, years ago, everything was kind of closed off. The, the cook was by themselves. They wanted to be in this separate area. They wanted to keep the smells away. They wanted all that stuff. Now it's, you know, kitchen's the heart of the home. Everybody wants to be around it. So how do you obtain this open concept in a house, you know, that has all these walls in there? And when trying to identify it, you know, one of the first things I always look at is what's the age of the house, um, especially if it's a single story and, you know, first floor walls, because you got to think about trusses and trusses actually go back. I mean, they were invented in, in the fifties, um, down in Florida, I think it was 1952. And, um, so, so they've been around, you know, for longer than they've really been used. But so there are some possibilities in, you know, the, the later 50s that maybe some of the houses do have trusses in them and, and they can be, you know, easily opened up. Um, but 
the, the next thing you kind of go around and look for is, um, you know, I-beams. If you can identify the I-beams in the basement and then look at what's above it, figure out your floor joist direction and your ceiling joist direction and figure out which way your walls you want to remove are going and, and you know, see if your wall is stacked on top of that I-beam or not. And that's, that's a, that's kind of a first indicator of it. It, you know, could be the, the most possibility that it is load bearing. Um, if you are right on top of that and then, um, kind of seeing what's above it. Is there a second floor? Well, if there's a second floor and you're over that I-beam, then you're pretty much 99% on a load-bearing wall. If it's a roof above it, then you got to kind of look at, you know, is it trusses? Is it, how's it built? Which way did the ceiling joist go? And you got to really just get in there. And I did this a couple weeks ago for somebody is, you know, you, you got to just get in that attic. You got to dig through the insulation. You got to find where those joists are lapping and figure out, you know, with measurements where the walls are and stuff to really be sure, you know, how that is and, and where things are happening. And in older homes, sometimes things change. So you look at it and you think, well, these are going this way. So those are probably going this way. And man, in older houses, they would change things up. They'd turn floor joists different directions. So you can't always, you know, just rely on a conventional building. If it was built conventionally in the in the nineties or beyond, then yeah, everything's kind of generally a uniform thing and you can make more assumptions, but the older you get, the less assumptions you get to kind of make there, you know, on how that works and everything. And is it really load bearing? But so, so those are kind of some of the things you got to kind of dig into and look at to kind of figure out. So I think we'll get into our final break here. And when we return, I'll get into more about how to remove those walls, what to look for, and the, the types of things to do with that. All right, we're back. We're in this final segment. We got about eight minutes, which is plenty of time to uh, take a question and get some answers for you. If you have one, give me a call, 314-241-9797. And um, so I'll, I'll, while I kind of hopefully wait and that happens, uh, let me finish up on some of this load-bearing wall information because, you know, there, there's there's definitely more to it than just even identifying, you know, a load bearing wall or not. So, and so let's just say you do identify the wall and you say, wow, cool. You know, it's running with the floor joists and everything. And, and, you know, it's, it's been deemed not load bearing, you know, what, do, what do I do now? Well, this is easy, right? You just rip the stuff out. There's some trim, there's some drywall, there's some studs, you just get the stuff out of your way and, and go on. And, and, you know, a lot of people don't really look any further into, you know, what are the repercussions of even something that simple or dig deep enough into what might be in that wall. And, you know, if your basement is unfinished or open and you can see, you know, really locating that wall and looking from underneath for, you know, think of the things that could be in there, plumbing, electrical, duct work. I've seen people, they got the wall opened up, they took the drywall off and they're like, oh, there's electric going up through there to the second floor. There's duct work going up through there to the second floor. And there's, you know, um, some plumbing, you know, vent or runs, you know, running up there to the second floor. Didn't realize any of that was in there. You know, now what do I do? How do I, how do I route this? How do I, you know, get this so I could have this open? And you got to really, I mean, that's definitely the time when you want to look at the professionals at how you get stuff like that done. I've seen so many cases where they reroute 
the the duck work and they just take a, a six inch round duct and they go, you know what? They drop it down with an elbow over with an elbow. They run it 10 feet over here, 10 feet back up. There's two more elbows in it. They get it back up to the second floor. And what they don't really realize is every elbow you add is considered about six feet of pipe length. And then you add the, the pipe length and everything and, and you kind of add all that up and you know, you move that around that, it adds up to about 30 feet, which is about 50 feet with all those elbows. And they're like, yeah, ever since I opened up that wall, this room just doesn't stay cool or warm. It's just not working with well, the air just doesn't make it there. So when you, you know, you got to think about bigger trunk lines and, you know, how you get the air to actually want to go there. So there's a lot into, you know, what do you do with the stuff in that wall? So it's definitely something to you know, pay a lot of attention to up front and know what you're getting into. Cause then that, once you find all that, the cost can be explained and figured out. And then you could know where you truly are and, you know, make a good decision on getting that done. And, and is it the right time or is it the right investment for you at that point? And you're not finding out in the middle of the project. And that's kind of the goal of everything we do. So i um, got a couple minutes here, so I'm going to jump on with Aaron real quick. Um, you have a question? Yes, I bought a house on six acres, and it overlooks a nice field, but they built a house with a really shallow porch, uh-huh. so we can't put any furniture on it. So I was just wondering, like, how big of a lift it would be to kind of extend that, or if there are any different ideas um, that you had for that. Okay, is it is it concrete, or is it, like, built like a deck? What What's the porch made out of? Yeah, it's concrete, and it does have, like, the, like the vinyl posts uh-huh. currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, really th- what we do is look at kind of, you know, doing, doing somewhat of a conceptual design to figure out how deep, you know, what are you looking to put out there? What, you know, and you also look into what fits for the house. How is it proportional? You know, is it going to be too big, you know, looking attached to the house if it's built a certain way? So finding out some of those answers through designing is a great idea Um, because if you need some, then maybe you can just pour out, you know, a little bit further with another section of porch, maybe possibly without taking out the first section. Or, you know, sometimes if you want to go out so far and all that, then we might recommend, yeah, let's just take out the first section and get this thing, you know, built really the right way and the best way possible you know, stuff like that. So really figuring out the needs and all that is going to play a lot into what's the best way to add on to that porch. So are you looking to extend the roof also with that or just maybe some extra porch area? Well, I guess it'd be open. It might look weird if the, the, the yeah, if it's, roof stopped and I still had yeah. the porch. So. Yeah, and that's some of that 3D rendering, looking at the stuff to show you, you know, how that, you know, might work and look in, in different, you know, aspects of it. Sometimes you might be able to even do like a part of it and, and maybe just, uh, you know, do another gabled little roof off of that that extends out and then just add that stuff out in front of it. So there's, there's a, unfortunately, there's a lot of ways and fortunately, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat like this and, and to figure out what would be, you know, the best method. And, you know, what, what I'd really recommend is going through a design process to say, you know, 
let us gather the information that you're after. What are you looking to, to fit, you know, to do out there? And um, then we can put together a good plan that says, you know, this is kind of the different ways it could be done. Good, better, best, you know, inexpensive to most expensive. And then you can make a good decision on what looks right for the house. See it virtually in front of you. So, you know, you know, how it's going to, how it's going to look and work. Um, and, and a good example of that is, you know, I had a client a, a couple years, a few years ago that just, they had a porch, they just wanted to add a roof over it. And I was looking at it saying, you know, that's going to be too small for the look of your house, for how big the house is. And so we did a design and showed them the proper size and showed them the size they wanted, you know, without replacing the concrete. And she was like, yeah, you know what? At the end of the day, she's like, yep, I was afraid of that. You're right. What we were going to build, you know, looks too small once it's on there. So it, it is good to be able to kind of see that and then understand, because I could have just said, you know what? Yeah, we'll build a roof on top of that. And we could have. And and then when we were all standing back at the sidewalk looking at it going, wow, that looks small. You know, right. I'd rather find that out up front than find that out once it's built. You okay. know, and then, so that's kind of, you know, what, what we at Mosby Building Arts would do to kind of figure it out for you. So if, if you're, you know, if you're interested, I'd say g- give us a call and just set up a, a time for us to just come out, look at the porch and talk to you about those options. Cause I can talk to you about some of those construction options once I see it better. And then I can also talk about, you know, here's how we can kind of design it. And here's kind of where some price points, you know, and price ranges might be just to make sure we're going the, the right direction for what you want. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Hey, thank you. And, and our phone number there at Mosby for, for you, Aaron, and for everybody out there, if you're interested in something like that, 314-909-1800, 1800. So give us a call and we can definitely get you helped out. Thanks for the call, Aaron. Yep. All right. So, um, I think we're done here. I hear the cue, the music. So, Hey, great show. Thanks for all the calls, everybody. And I will talk to, uh, everybody next week. Stay tuned for, uh, for Silla's. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.